Wow. Wow. Anyways, let's. <laughs> I see your face. That was exciting. You yelled in yes. my ear. I'm going to like turn down my volume a little bit. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, but yeah. Kick us off. That was very exciting, but let's not get a hold of ourselves. <laughs> let's let's do this intro. Okay. So, hello. Welcome, everybody. My name is Ronan. And I am Kirk. And this is Reels in the Round on the, the rectangle, rectangle Tangle. Table. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so, so uh, what did we watch this week and uh, Mr. Ronan? We watched Black Swan. Okay. Did you like it? Yes. Uh, yes, so, I did. So I have been an interest. I've been a Darren Aronofsky fan. There's the reason for the air quotes uh, <laughs> for many years. Um, I really appreciate his style. Uh, what's funny is like the two film, two of the three films he had done before this, or I, I really didn't like. Mm -hmm. Like Pie, his first real film, I don't like at all. It's beautifully made, but I have some real functional issues with it. And then Requiem for a Dream is one of the best movies I've ever seen, but I, you couldn't pay me to watch it again because <laughs> it is so, so stressful. It, and then The Fountain is is so crazy. And then I'd never seen Black Swan. And I just saw it. Today. And again, it's so, so stressful. <laughs> but his style is evocative. You can't passively watch it. It forces course, you yeah. to give a damn. Uh, and watching this movie, like, like eyes closed, legs crossed, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, can't can't look away but it's it's beautiful beautifully directed yes. uh yeah so we're going to next slide sure okay so yep as we talked about the director darren aronofsky aaron aronofsky darren aronofsky yes yet, aka your twin yeah no, uh, <laughs> well no first off very brooklyn he's a solid <laughs> solid 14 13 years older i think he was born in 69 i was born in 82 but uh i i, I mean I, I put that picture on there where's the, your same uh -huh. like same style same of hat, hat. look like the same kind of beard What's really Same funny, kind of face structure. Like, I can see you smiling like that. What I think is really like, funny is when I was in film school, they started talking about, like, uh, those hats weren't popular in the early 2000s. Okay. Um, uh, and so there was a big joke about the film how you could spot a film director by the type of beard and the ball cap you wear. Like, <laughs> like, is it a sports team? Is it a – so for years, I wore a sag indie hat and had mm -hmm. a beard. And I've – yeah, Darren Aronofsky and I <laughs> – uh, you just need the glasses. Yeah. So there are only two films. I, I checked his rap sheet today. There's only two mm -hmm. films of his that I've not seen. Mother is one of them. Okay. Uh, and Noah. I have not seen either just because it, it didn't look like my cup of tea. <laughs> um, Anyways, uh, writer Mark Heyman. Yep. Uh, Skeleton Twins is the producer and writer of Strange Angel, which is a show, I believe. Okay. Uh, producer of Zipper and – or yeah – uh, producer of Zipper with the executive producer of Zipper being Darren Aronofsky. Right. And then, so they're a pretty good combo. And then he executive produced Mother. Yep. Which, so they, they and he directed just, Mother. They just a team. Yep. So <laughs> you were asking me before the show what we should watch in two weeks after spring break, and I think it has to be Mother. Mother? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Nope. These two people, same. Uh, well, yeah. Not like written and directed it, but, but produced mean, and directed it. Yeah, so. I, I think that I think that in two weeks we have to watch Mother because, again, it's so interesting. I am not a Darren Aronofsky fan. Mm -hmm. I don't actually like lots of his movies, but like I'm such an admirer of his style because you can't passively watch it. Oh yeah, it does it? It he's very very good. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, especially after watching Black Swan. <sighs> Very convincing. This is your first Aronofsky film, yes? Yes, yes, oh, it is. Yeah, no. I... <laughs> so let's talk about the cast. Uh, okay. We have Natalie Portman. Uh, 
So Natalie Portman's an interesting one. Have you seen The Professional or Leon, a Luc Besson film from the mid to late, late 80s, early 90s? No, I've not, no. That is how Natalie Portman got her um, her start. She was 12, I think, in the 13, and she, she plays a hitman at 12 or 13. Interesting. Uh, her family gets killed by a corrupt cop, and a hitman takes her under her wing, his wing, and it's played by Luke, uh, played by... Um, some dude whose name I've just uh, <laughs> and man, that's gonna embarrass me later when I remember. It's not Luke Besson, that's the name of the uh, This is embarrassing. Anyway, uh, it's a great film. She then got her her later start, of course, as you have in here as Padme in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. She's in the MCU as as Jane, Jane. Uh, and is has been has been tapped to be the new Thor. Yeah. When they're they're going on to make more, and she's going to be the new Thor, and of course she is the the chick in V for Vendetta, where she shaved her head for real, <laughs> which is pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, my of uh, my played the Black Swan. She's the voice of Meg Griffin. For those who don't know that, but also yep. that '70s show Ted, Ted Bad, Bad Moms. Moms. Uh, uh, Sarah Silverman, um, not Sarah Silverman. Uh, gosh, what's the name of that movie? Forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, she plays the love interest in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, yeah, she's great. Vincent Castle. Yeah, tell, tell us about him. Uh, Westworld, Satan, Eastern Promises. He spent like, well, he is French. He spent most of his early career, like 90s, early 2000s, yep. in French movies. Yep. You know, I, I don't want to go so far as to say his big entrance into American cinema was Ocean's 12, but that's the first thing I saw him in. He was the villain. I see. Villain. In Ocean's <laughs> 12. Um, and he was the breakdancing cat burglar, which is a little... Yes, it's as lame as it's Interesting. Um, and then, of course, Barbara Hershey. Plays uh, Erica Sayers, the mom. Yep. Also the queen. Uh, Insidious. Yep. One of my favorite horror movies. Is it? Yeah. Why is that? I don't, I don't know. Okay. I... I, I I want to say it's because of the song choice, Tiny Tim. <laughs> Tim through the tulips? Is yeah. That, that's, that's okay. What's <laughs> about a time? Harry and her sisters. Hannah. But Hannah. <laughs> Hannah and her sisters. Cool. Apologies. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, and this is, it was a really great cast. We also had mm -hmm. like cameos from Sebastian Stan, and it was uh, and one of the other dancers is Ksenia Solo. If you ever watched Lost Girl, which I know you didn't, but other people <laughs> out there have, um, I got to see her at Dragon Con three years ago, and I was in love. Ksenia Solo, <laughs> big fan. Um, yeah, it was a great cast. Yep. Uh, let's. You you got us a, a video this week. Yes, yes I do. So we, I guess we could go straight into it. So a uh, little background. The reason why, oh, uh, the reason why we chose. Black Swan is mm -hmm. funny enough. Instagram, <laughs> my Instagram, by the way, is Ronin Coolbar. Uh, at release the creative with a K. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, uh, I saw a BTS video uh -huh. of one of the scenes. It's quite spectacular. Well, like actually. before we actually go to this, let's talk about the camera work in general in this. Film. Oh yes. What did you like? I I could do an entire podcast on the camera work. But <laughs> let's talk about what you noticed. Uh, mirrors. So much glass, <laughs> so much glass in this yes. film. Yes, mirrors and glass. He loved reflections. Loved reflections, and they were they were kind of interestingly low quality ish mirrors because there was lots <laughs> of warping in them. Like so mm -hmm. much so that I'm wondering if 
they brought in bad mirrors or if they added warping because there was there was a lot of affectation in the glass which modern dance studios don't have like yeah they have really nicer mirrors and so it's it's interesting to me how much warping there was in the glass and how like in the stairwells and places there wouldn't have been reflections they added mirrors there was just yep everywhere you looked there was a reflection in this and they played into that a lot mm -hmm. where the reflection was doing a little bit different thing or yeah yeah and i was just about to add uh, any dancers out there we know in ballet studios there's a ton of mirrors but as kirk was saying mirrors and stairways yeah that that's a new one for me well no and the thing is that as a filmmaker i will say and they're hard to deal with they're too. They're hard to deal with, and dance films specifically, the the shots are very calculated. The shots mm -hmm. are very controlled, and in this, it's a bit lots of handheld, lots of erratic camera. And I say yep. erratic, but they clearly weren't. They had to have been planned, but they felt fluid. Yeah. And then, I mean, there was mirrors in the mom room. There was mirrors in the bathroom. There obviously there was mirrors <laughs> in her, her bedroom. Like, mm -hmm. basically every major room, every major set in this entire movie had a prominent mirror to it and that speaking as someone who's worked on lots of film sets you avoid mirrors like the plague mirrors yep. are only in the scene if they need to be mirrors are only and obviously they needed to be but mm -hmm. uh yeah there was so many there was so much glass so much reflections so much uh it, it was a daring daring <laughs> choice and they crushed it yeah, uh, you mentioned handheld. That that's another thing I was going to point out because just like the film we watched last week, Traffic. Yep. This is another one that there's like almost l like none to little tripods used. Right. There's some steady cam work in this, but not. Tons. Yeah, you, you could tell that there are steady cams, but like even when there's steady cams, there's still movement. Yeah. Like jittering to the frame. Just a little bit of breathing. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you about that. So we talked ja uh, Traffic last week. It's a classic film noir. Mm -hmm. This, or a neo-noir. This was more of a thriller, so to speak. Let's talk about the comparisons. They're also made 10 years apart. Correct. Let's talk about the use of handheld. They're both very handheld movies. Were they the same, though? No. What was different? I feel like with Traffic, they were, like, handheld positions. Not handheld positions. But, like... <coughs> You could see, like, they're hand-holding something that, like, we would have put tripods for. Right. And this one is different? Well, this one, the, there's a lot more, like, oh, this could be a tripod, but then, like, four seconds later, it moves, like, across the room. Interesting. So, like, there's a lot more thoughts and, like, purpose for the handholds. And plus, since it's a dance film with choreography, you kind of need it to be handheld as well. I, I think from my perspective, the actual big differences are that the traffic was early and handheld and it was it was meant to feel shakier, mm -hmm. whereas this was meant to feel unsteady, which is not to say shaky. This one, it was meant to feel breathy and it was meant to feel loose. It wasn't meant to feel rigid and structured, whereas traffic, they yeah. wanted it to feel like a cop film. They wanted it to be a little bit more shaky, oh, but, a little bit more actiony and if I was being super honest and this could be not true, <laughs> but this is 10 years later in the craft. Mm -hmm. In 2000, 99, 2000, when traffic was coming out, handheld was not something people were experienced doing. It wasn't something you did in films very often. Yeah. Ten years later, it was. 
And so I think a part of this might be that cameramen, that there was a there was a little bit more of an art form to how to do it. Mm -hmm. Whereas when Steven Soderbergh said it, they were like, let's do it handheld. He's like, uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> let's, uh, let's see how that works. Where 10 years later, it was something a little bit more practiced and skilled. I could totally be wrong, but I will say that as I have watched handheld develop since the late 90s when it started mm -hmm. hitting the film, the style and the techniques of handheld has, has drastically changed. Yeah. Um, but... This you um, you take a look at the shot. You pulled up as a really cool example, and I like it. Attack it! So as you can see there, the behind the scenes was on the bottom. The actual yeah, film one more time. was on the top. Oh, that's oh better. even better! Yeah, let's do that. Attack it! Attack it! And so it's just one more time because it's so fascinating to watch the way they're, they've done this. Attack it! Attack it! I mean, all they're really doing is they're spinning a camera on a hi-hat. It's nothing impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's a really, really intimate jump into the POV. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really, really love the way they did that. I think that it's, it's, a, uh, it's a very interesting use of that, te that technique. Yeah, I haven't seen that done before. I don't, uh, have you? I mean... Like, if you want to get really not like that, I've seen uh, that 70s show does that, where they all sit around and they're all smoking pot and you see it, like, go around. That's yeah. the technique. They're just handing each other the camera around in a circle around them. But a, a whip pan and around f like that, no, I've never seen that technique before. That is that is pretty impressive, pretty cool. You also got to figure how many times it took them to do that, like to nail one to grab the uh, the arm. You know, I bet that <laughs> wasn't as hard as you think. There's but But... I could be wrong. Uh, <laughs> I could be wrong. I mean, the focus point's not going to move because the camera's not going to move left, yeah. right. Like, and then as long as you grab the, we'll see. But I, I, I bet that wasn't <laughs> as hard to do. Okay. Uh, so budgets, awards, and ratings. The budget was thirteen point six million, which is relatively low. I know. I was thinking the same thing, especially for something with this high of a cast. Yeah. Uh, Two thousand and ten. I mean, Natalie Portman was at the top of her game. Myla Kunis was on the rise. Vincent Cassell had just done Ocean's 12. Like, this was a – Sebastian Stan was a no one. Um, <laughs> Barbara Hershey was a – was was had, had had her day. But, like, this was a good cast. Mm -hmm. $13.6 is low, but it generated yeah, 330. I think it's low Nobody lost their job over this one. This one, <laughs> no. this one's a good one. Uh, let's talk about the awards. Okay, so uh, before we talk about the awards – one of the things that I feel like, sh uh, sure. Uh, so awards one, performance by an actress in a leading role. I think she Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah, Natalie Portman. I think she more than crushed it. Yeah, crushed it. Crushed it. Yep. More than deserved it. And then nominated for best motion picture, best achievement in directing, best achievement in cinematography, best achievement in film editing. And where I don't know what won that year, but I think th there's some times that I like. I'm not even really in agreement with the nominations. Mm -hmm. There's not a nomination there that I'm like, not, uh-huh. Like, the editing was incredible. Yep. The cinematography, as we already mentioned, was incredible. As we saw at the BTS. Uh, I, uh, uh, again, with the best achievement in directing, like, Darren Aronofsky, <laughs> you can't be passive. You can't, no. it, like, he forces you to have an opinion. Uh, and then best picture. Again, I don't know what won in 2010, but this was clearly one of the better movies that year. Yeah. Um, 
It got an 8 out of 10 on IMDb, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 79% on Metacritic. And for those who watched my old show, Kirk and Corey, when we used to do movie by the numbers, 79% Metacritic is really high. Metacritic is, they're, they're, they're bitchy. <laughs> I mean, a 40% in Metacritic is not uncommon. Like, for a good movie. They <laughs> I are see. mean. 79% on Metacritic is high. Uh, I mean, you think it was well-deserved for this Absolutely. Movie? Yeah. I mean, uh, 8 out of 10, 85%, you know, B-plus is what I would give this. I might even I go see. so far as to A-minus. Like, I'm hard to please, though. <laughs> I can absolutely point at the things in this movie that I, I didn't super love, but those are decisions. They weren't mistakes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd have, I'd have maybe gone so far as to give this a nine out of 10 or a 90%, but like, no, th that's not far off. And Metacritic, as I said, they're always low. They're jerks. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would give it a, probably, probably with you a nine out of 10, maybe even so far as a 9.3 out of 10. Okay. Probably yeah. because this is my first Darren Aronofsky form. You need to watch and Pi. Pi is, <laughs> Pi is his student film. His first, not like, not literally, but like it's his first, you know, foyer into, mm -hmm. and, it's good for what it is. I see. I have some issues with it, but whatever. Um, yeah, for 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 this being his first film of me of, of yeah. mine watching, reminded me a lot of Tim Burton. No, it's so it's interesting. You said that while we were watching it. Mm -hmm. Tim Burton was one of my favorite directors for many many years. Uh, I see them as being so so different, but it's I would have never compared them, but. You're right. I do. I absolutely know what you're referring to. I see that connective tissue. I yeah. would never have found like <laughs> I, I store them in such different parts of my brain and I see their strong suits so differently. Uh, Tim Burton is so much more controlled and Darren Aronofsky is so much more kinetic. There's I never feel loose and out of control in a Tim Burton film. It's always uh -huh. it's always off, but it's very it's very fluid. And and Darren Aronofsky is always so kinetic and so jagged. I see. Uh, but that having been said, the themes and the darkness and the yeah, tones, the creepiness, the, like, like I, I just saw you like swimming up in fear uh, while watching it. The scene where all the pictures come alive was, yeah, there were several scenes in this movie that I was like, Darren Aronofsky's a bad man. <laughs> the only way I will be able to recover from this film is in a therapist office with dolls. Like it is an abusive film to watch yes. in a very positive way. Uh, usually you don't, you know, conflate those particular sets of, of words. Um, <laughs> But no, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, this one might take... So my favorite Aronofsky film has always been The Wrestler, which is amazing. Okay. This one might beat out The Wrestler. Might top it. I'll say that I still will enjoy watching The Wrestler more because The Wrestler <laughs> is not a stressful movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> the Wrestler is just a... Is, is stressful in a dramatic sense, but not in a thriller sense. But I I think I enjoyed this movie more than The Wrestler. Yeah. It, and I, I keep on hearing the saying, uh, like... The movie is all is all is only as good as the people you watch it with. Yeah. And watching this movie with you, like w when things got creepy, like at first I was like, and I and I peeked over and saw you shriveling up his fear, like maybe a tiny bit more than I was. And I just like He's laughed so out of no, it. No, no, no. I, I was fine. I was, <laughs> took it like a man. I did. Um, no. Uh, I will say though, like you, you experienced. Uh, I don't do this in front of you as often. Uh -huh. I, I counted this movie out. Yeah, like, you did. You heard me out. And what I loved about this is that I did it. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's that as much as it was surprising, as much as it was off, as much as it was thrilling, he still followed the plot. I still counted it out. And my, my counts were always right. Yeah. Like I was like, and three, two, one snap her eyes open. Like, and, and well, there was one time and you're like, 
something's going to happen, but then, like, the wrong thing happened. And you're like, to me all the time. Eh, no, like, close enough. No, that happens to me all the time. I don't know. I don't always want to know what's going to happen. But I several times in this, one, I was like, and three, two, one. And I thought it was going to be a jump scare. And mm-hmm. it was a giggle. And it was like, and I was like, OK, my timing was dead on. I was just wrong on the 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 what the not thing. The when. Yeah, I'm fine with my what being wrong. <laughs> my when being wrong means you're in my opinion means you're doing you're, you're off. Yeah, you're, you're off pattern. You need to be your when my when needs to be pretty damn. <laughs> and my when was that I spot on. I counted this film out and it yes. was perfect. Um, and to uh, make you question and to think of things as well. Sure. I'm going to compare this film to another one. Okay. Not an Edgar Wright film. Okay, goody. I, I, I don't exactly know who directed this one. Okay. Life of Pi. Life of Pi. Interesting. No, I don't know who directed that. E- oh, um, yes, I do. Uh, was it Ang Lee? Was Ang Lee Life of Pi? Couldn't tell you. You should know that. <laughs> uh, uh, tell me why you. What is the. Uh, what is the comparison? So in, it's Ang Lee. I was correct. Okay. Well, in Life of Pi, you follow. Uh, well, basically two different storylines sure. of things, or like people could be animals Fantasy in that and sense, yep. and you don't know which is who. This movie, uh, well. When she when she stabs, the Kunis, uh, black swan. Yep, she didn't actually stab her. She stabbed herself. So we presume. Yeah, so like it makes you wonder like what other things could have been fantasy. Right. Mention the mother as being the queen. Like, right. Basically playing like two different roles. Right. So I will say this, I despise. It was all a dream. <laughs> yeah. The the they wake up at the end the twin peaks mulholland drive it was all a dream bs <laughs> who shot jr all of those are references that you didn't get but other people did i promise i hate that trope it is lazy ass filmmaking and this film crushed it like i mean mm-hmm. the whole the whole my lacunas didn't wasn't dead the whole like the the change of realities, because this, it never felt like it was all a dream. It always felt like there was always a really tenuous connection to what was real and was what wasn't. Mm-hmm. So as you found out things were real and weren't real, it didn't feel disrespectful. It didn't feel like gotcha to the audience. Yeah. It, felt, it felt like on theme. Mm-hmm. And... I loved it, um, which is which is impressive because I hate that trope. <laughs> to me, it is such lazy filmmaking. But like, even at the very very end, spoiler alert: I'm not sure she died. And you're like, of course she died. Like everyone that the, everyone else responded, okay, yeah. But but did they? Like, did she really stab herself in the stomach and then dance Swan Lake? Because BS. No, she like the at the very end. How did this movie end? I don't know. Yeah, because there was, like, almost two different endings. Yes. Where, like, the first ending, where she goes off stage and then figures out that... Uh, yeah, that was the intermission ending. That was the... Oh, the, that, was the, close, the, that, that was the intermission. Okay. Right, because that's when she, she went and she did her... She got her, her bows at intermission, and then okay. she went off and came back as... And she did change her thing. That's when she finds out Maya Lacunas isn't dead. Yeah. But... Okay, I thought that was an ending, and, and I was... And for the record... It, Yes, it's kind of strange because there were like flowers being thrown and mm-hmm. there's usually not a curtain call at intermission. Yeah. So there was there was definitely some interesting choices or choices. Uh 
that I, I'm sure if I researched, there's there's more to the story. <laughs> yeah, I've seen very few live ballets, not none, but not many. Yeah. Um, I've never seen Swan Lake live. I mean, uh, I've seen the Nutcracker more times. Same. Than <laughs> um, but I really, how did this movie end? I don't even like. How, did she really die at the end? I don't know. Did she kill Barbara Hershey? Not Barbara Hershey. Did she kill the Winona Ryder character? I don't. I don't know. And yeah. I'm fine with questions. I hate with waking up and if had she woken up at the end and they're like places, places, and we find out the entire movie was a dream, that would have pissed just me been off. terrible. Yeah. But the fact that at the end of it, we are so unsure of what had been mania and mm-hmm. what hadn't been. Did the queen? Uh, you know, her mother did, did the scene with the doorknob really happen at all? Yeah. I don't know. There's enough reasons to believe it did. And there's enough reasons to believe it didn't. So, I mean, I, Darren Aronofsky is not a passive director. You can't like, yeah, I'm a big fan. This was a good movie. I, I enjoyed it immensely. Two weeks from now, when we watch mother, I will determine if, if I like that more than this, but I'd be surprised. I see. Uh, the wrestler's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, fantastic film. I loved every second of it. Yeah, like this it, is good. Like it didn't start off slow, but I mean, at the beginning, I was just like, "Oh, this is basically like a vlog, like a ballet vlog." That's <laughs> yeah, it, it starts off very narrative. It sounds out very, yeah. very chronicling, and it goes off the radar, goes off the rails <laughs> pretty fast. Yes. Uh, man, this this movie. Yeah, it's... It keeps you in the, keeps you in the front of your seat. It does. It does. <laughs> Especially so, with how creepy it is. So tell us about uh, tell us about the the hiatus we're taking, yes. and then uh, and what's happening when we come back. The upgrades. Yep. Upgrades, people. Upgrades. Absolutely. You know that's from. No. Robots. Roblox. Robots. Oh no. I don't know. <laughs> nope. Nope. Thank you. Anyways, so uh, spring break's happening. It's an intermission for students, so yep. it shall be an intermission for us. Yep. And after our intermission, yes, you can throw flowers yeah, as absolutely. you saw in this absolutely. film. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but after this intermission, we're going to change things quite so, a bit. Well, no, I mean, the, the show will be mostly the same. We're just going to make it live. Yeah, we're going to make it live. Instead of premiering on Wednesdays at 3, it's going to be premiering on Tuesdays at 6.30, 6.30 p.m. Uh, yeah, six thirty p.m. and it'll be exactly like this. But we're going to be live and taking. You know, if people wanted to uh, chime in and throw in questions or throw in yep. comments or whatever, we will be here. Or, or tell us what you thought. Yeah, uh, you know, watch the movie ahead of time and and talk to us about the film. I think it'll be it'll be an interesting change. Be fun. And if you want to, like, maybe not the first week or second week, we might even start taking like call-ins. Oh like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> bring you up hello. That's hello. It. Yeah, but I Just think big be brother you. Yeah. I think it'll be a fun addition to the show. We started mm-hmm. this show off when we started in November. We started off doing it live on yeah. Twitch. That didn't work for the reasons it didn't work. For Twitch? Uh, yeah, Twitch it was just, you know, I did a show on Twitch for a year, and it was wonderful. Every day. Every day on Twitch for a year, and it was great. But Twitch is, it got. It's gone downhill? I don't know. Like, I didn't have nearly as many problems during that year as we did during the, the two months we were trying yeah. to use it. So, uh, but I've been doing a couple of podcasts on YouTube Live recently, and, those and that's are where working. we're gonna be going yeah. live at YouTube Live. It'll it'll be on the same channel. Pencil in your calendars. Yeah, six thirty <laughs> p.m. is on Tuesday. Yeah, and it'll be a good time. Yep. Awesome. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you in two weeks uh, after spring break. I've been that, Kirk. That would be.
I'm still Kirk. <laughs> that would be Tuesday, April 6th. Tuesday, April 6th. Yes. And, uh, at 6, 6.30 p.m. And we will be watching Mother. Mother. Darren Aronofsky. Explanation point. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've Mother! Heard, <laughs> and that's been Ronan. Of course. And uh, we will see you then. Yep. See you then. Bye.